welcome to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. We absolutely welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discussed today, just raise your hand and we'll get you on stage. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the service ability of travel management companies through the effective use of data. And I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant with Deep Shift in the travel and airline industry. Happy to help you with anything related to retail and the C1 order and distribution. I also work as an instructor with both IOTA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in business travel in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. Guys, um, again, for those in the audience joining us today, thank you for giving us your time. The format of this discussion, if you are new to us today, is uh, just about a post I do on a Friday where we've gathered some of the most talked about travel industry stories and we discuss them here in a little bit more detail. And as mentioned, you are welcome to join in if you wanted to. The first story was a strategic partnership between Delta Airlines and LL Israeli Airlines, uh, where they formed quite a, a deep extended partnership involving code sharing and frequent flyer benefits and all that sort of stuff. I know where you stand on these kind of partnerships, Anne, but what are your thoughts on this anyway? You know, I think it's really good. Well, I don't like co-chair, as you know, but that's sort of one of my hate topics. But um, and, and, and it just creates all sorts of problems, technically. Of course, a deeper collaboration. I mean, excuse, sorry for my ignorance, but I thought they already had yeah. partnerships with all the major U.S. airlines. I mean, they are quite dependent on them. That's right. I also said that in the story, there were quite a few overlapping routes already. But um, if you join us on stage, welcome. Do you want to just do a quick intro and give us your thoughts on this uh, story? Sure. Good evening, Ryan. Hello, everybody. My name is Mohit. I am one of the regular listeners of this amazing live show. And I also work as a PM for flight supplier here at Ticket.com in Jakarta. So, Ryan, on this one, I think uh, LL is not a part of any alliance. We see more and more collaborations uh, post-pandemic. I think the pandemic has taught us that the only way forward is together. Let me provide a very different viewpoint on this particular story, all the trends that I've been you know, noticing. Apart from all the business sense that they make, and I agree to uh, you know, Anne's point, code share are a thing of past, we should look forward. I'm sure everybody here should be aware about the concept of virtual interlining, why when we create you know, uh, itineraries between GDS and LCCs and you know, so on. So the, maybe the story behind the story could be you know, from Israel to US, I looked up some BI route. I think all airlines are starting to realize the potential here. US, as per a recent OAG report, the global share of VI has uh, gone up to almost 15% and airlines are wanting to go after this gap. Thanks for that input, Mahir. Ash, any comments? The part that I keep thinking about is the single interline check-in process. I think one of the big reasons why people use a single airline is to be able to bags to have checked into the final destination. And I think that that will create more opportunity for Delta domestically uh, when people do fly into the U.S. The next story was something that caught my eye, a comment that was made at a event by a guy called Brett Henry, where he talked about the fact that global demand for, for travel will soon shift mostly to Asia, where he says 80% of the global middle class will be. So he's obviously saying it's, it's where it's going to shift to. Um, it's a fascinating thing to be thinking about. Ash, did you pick up on that story? And what are your thoughts? 
And with the growth of the middle class in many of the markets in Asia, uh, I think that the one that's dominating the conversation here is India, but you also have other countries as well. Essentially, what we're basically saying is that uh, we will find more and more travelers coming out of that area. Number definitely is pretty big, so that's shocking. But nonetheless, I think that there's enough population in that area of the world. Yeah, before I get to you, and I think Mohit, you might have a comment on this story, right? I can vouch for Indonesian, Malaysians and Indians as I'm closely associated with them in this region. Because everybody and there, everybody's traveling, you know, so they kind of, I kind of feel jealous. Let me give you one more stat from ITB Asia. You know, as per a Google study, travel is the ultimate luxury and Gen Z, which will lead this region, or, you know, will comprise of for around 25% of the Asian population, will have a 140 billion US dollars at their disposal for travel. And, you know, that where they'll be spending this money for. So, and the question is, are the airlines going to be ready to reap that extra ancillary sales and that $140 billion of expandable income? <laughs> we know the answer, well, right? Let's hope so. And I actually saw it at Christmas. Remember, I went to Florence and I hardly saw any European tourists in Florence. The majority of tourists were Asian. And then I would say the next group were Americans. My next two stories are related. They were both equally shocking. I didn't believe it when I read these headlines, but two incidents occurred on uh, flights within Europe this week. One was an Orion Air flight where somebody who tried to open the aircraft door was tackled to the ground by other passengers, causing quite a commotion. And uh, even more shocking, on a British Airways flight, a passenger violently stabbed another traveler with broken glass. Absolutely horrifying stories to be reading about. And any comments? It is so shocking and it just seems to be almost every week, isn't it? I have no idea if the if the Ryanair passengers were sort of fired somehow by the Korean airline passenger, managed to actually open the door on approach. I wonder what all this aggression really where it stems from. No, it's shocking. Is it related somehow to the pandemic in some way or as we saw in another post, Ash, there was a suggestion about clothing etiquette on planes, whether there's a relation between how people behave and how they dress, right? But I know that we don't want to make fun of these situations. That was an interesting angle, right, Ash? And what did you make of these two stories, Ash? This has been happening quite a bit in the North American market, actually. I'm kind of with Anne on this one as to why. I don't really understand what is so different other than the fact that maybe it's just a lot of people who didn't travel before, who are now traveling. I'd like to know the average airfare of all. I think that there is a relationship between what these people pay. Uh, my guess would be, I don't know if anybody's ever going to do the research on this, but I'm sure that my guess is that if you took all the incidences of every scenario around the world and you average that out into the average airfare, I think we'll find that the average airfare is extremely low. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree wow. there. And I, I, I do think that's going to affect it to play. But uh, yeah, let's hope, um, like Anne says, we get to the cause of these and figure something out there because... Um, well, the cause, is, the cause is low airfares. Really. Yes. Uh, okay. I mean, if you pay $49, right, for a trip, then chances are that you're probably not going to care too much about it versus if you spend $499. I mean, that's just how yeah. humans operate. You so. might well, you ask, know. they end up they end up paying quite a lot, though, because, I mean, the fines are absolutely astronomical. They, they do end up paying a lot of money. Do you want to take the time out to say to those in the audience who join us today, thank you for your time we really appreciate it especially given the time of the year that it is it's great to see so many faces especially some new ones we do this uh, not only to talk about stories in the industry but also to make sure we link people in the industry and every week we have a what we call link of the week 
and they are um, unsuspecting victims. They don't know we're going to do this. So this week, our link of the week is Mark Lenahan from Travelport. So if you aren't linked to Mark, I suggest that you do. He's a great guy. He knows what he's doing. And he's just a great connection overall to have on LinkedIn. And Mark, to you, thank you for being on the show so regularly and uh, listening in. We really appreciate you giving us your time. And so there you are, Mark. You have now been linked with uh, linking the travel industry. My next story was about Sabre. They've bought a company called TechSembly, found an e-commerce playing in the retail space. Um, and any thoughts there? Well, my only thought was really, so this is about retailing in the hotel space. Why would you have a separate retailing platform for that? For me, uh, having a retailing platform should really encompass everything, right? Regardless whether it's airline, a hotel, whatever. To me, so I, I found a bit odd. Or maybe they're going to use that, leverage that technology somehow for Airlines. That's a hope. Um, I, I do agree. It sounds a bit old school and something that happens in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. Staying in the States, and Asha, I'd love to have your comment on this one first. This is the JetBlue alliance that they want to do with America. Well, they had done with Americans. They were ordered to break that apart. You know, we were expecting both airlines to contest that. But surprisingly, JetBlue is not appealing against that ruling. Whereas, even more bizarre, American Airlines is continuing to appeal against that ruling. So what do you make of that, Ash? I actually said on the show that I don't think that this is going to end up falling apart. Clearly, I was wrong. It actually is going to fall apart now. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why is because of JetBlue's desire to purchase Spirit. You know, you have one partner in this relationship that's saying, hey, I'm okay with letting it go because I'm going to move on. And I think what they're doing is they're trying to appeal to the U.S. Justice Department and uh, say, hey, look, we're being nice about it. Can you please be nice right back? Because we do want to purchase Spirit for uh, $3.8 billion. And of course, the Justice Department blocked not just this particular alliance, but also the purchase of Spirit Airlines. So I think JetBlue wants to play a little bit nice with the Justice Department and try to get on their good side so that they can hopefully take advantage of the ability to buy a spirit. And what will we do without Ash on the show to tell us about the story behind the story, right? That's very insightful, Ash. I, I would agree. What are yeah. your thoughts, Anne? I agree. Yeah, you said it all, Ash. I mean, that was actually what I was going to say that, you know, I think that JetBlue wants to buy spirit. This is most probably a move. You know, we, we back off, but we do want to buy spirit. Then over to Europe, and with some consolidation there, we saw Norwegian Green to buy another airline, but I can't necessarily say I, can, I know how to pronounce their name, so maybe you can help me out there. Vidaro. Vidaro. Okay, there we go, mm -hmm. just as I would not have said it. Perfect. But I think you made a comment. Was it a comment or a post? And why I said you said the sale price was astonishingly low at, what, $105 million? Yes. I mean, <laughs> wow. That is low, isn't it? I, mean, I was, yeah, I was flabbergasted. You know, they've been suffering somewhat, which are, which are also was a bit sort of surprised about because I thought that Vidro were subsidized by the Norwegian government because they fly in all the remote areas of Norway, smaller aircraft. And I was under the impression that they got a lot of uh, you know, help from, from the government and money that, that way. So I was surprised to hear that they were not doing very well as an airline. It's been a long while since we've had this, but I finally saw a post which uh, brought this back. So we finally have a story that classifies as... Um, Meanwhile! This was just... 
too bizarre. I just couldn't believe this. And this was actually your post. I see um, Alexandra also posted about this, but and I couldn't believe it when I read it. But this is Japan Airlines suggesting that you can hire clothes from them for your trip to Japan. Is that right? Wow. And it's generated so much discussion and so much, you know, and comments, etc., etc. So um, where do you stand on it, Anne? Will you rent clothes from an airline? Personally, I would say no. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, I was, I was thinking of a really good. Uh, a female friend of mine and if she actually did this she'd probably then add another 12 pairs of shoes to her bag knowing her i wouldn't personally but uh, but it must have generated as much as the toilets on ryanair i mean everyone's talking about this Wait, will you rent clothes from airline? what are your thoughts no thanks <laughs> I think it is good for the sustainable uh, angle, but no, no, not. Uh, but, you know, once in a while we see such stories kind of makes you think. So off late, what I've been doing is I've been asking Chad GPT what, what it thinks about it. So I'll just read it out. You know, by offering a convenient clothing rental service, J- Japan Airlines addresses the environmental impact of excess baggage, catering to the growing demand of sustainable travel. Uh, op- so that is what AI thinks. It's actually something that I, I really wonder about because this is going to be, it will take a lot of logistics. It doesn't say anywhere whether they're outsourcing this. It's a marketing thing because we didn't see any detail. There's so many questions like you think you said, you know, first, maybe Vimal knows. Vimal, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Do a quick intro and then give us your thoughts on this. Will you rent clothes from an airline? Hey guys, long time. Uh, nice to be back. Uh, my name is Vimal. For those of you who don't know me, I uh, usually have an opinion about things which is more on the customer and passenger side of things, the commercial side of things. Just on the, on the Japan Airlines story, I think there's so many different wonderful angles to this, not the least of which is the marketing mileage that they have received. But if this works, right, and I, I've got no idea whether it works, and I don't know the backstory, so I'm just going to put all that out. But if this works, I think this might be the Airbnb moment, you know, so to speak, for airlines. Um, and the reason I say this is if you remember when Airbnb first started, you know, we all said sort of, why would we ever live in someone else's house? Who would ever trust strangers to come into their homes and live in their homes? If this succeeds, I think this is the Airbnb and Uber moment for, for airlines. I traveled to Europe uh, recently for two weeks and we bought very, very cheap tickets that gave us only hand baggage and not check-in. And I can't tell you the freedom that gave me. Now, I'm the perfect segment for this ticket from, from Japan Airlines, right, for this service from Japan Airlines. I'm, I'm not saying everybody else is going to be. I think there might be a segment of travelers out there who are going to take advantage of this for whatever reason, right? It could be for sustainability, for circularity reasons, for less carbon emissions because there's less weight on the aircraft, yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's good reasons you could justify mentally and logically, but I think emotionally is where we're all going to buy into this or not buy into this. That's fantastic, Vimal. Thank you for that. You're absolutely right. You know, who would have thought? And you mentioned some examples. You're absolutely right. I recently traveled on a fairly extended trip, um, you know, into Africa and back. That was actually, I said recently, that was in February. And I, I did the same, just hand luggage. And you're right. It, it absolutely frees you up. And uh, I suspect they might be onto something. Asha, are you ready to rent your tuxedo from Pan Airlines? Everybody's losing it, like those people on the plane that are running up and down layways and, and beating up on others. There is no way people are going to rent clothes. It's not even nearly possible. And yes, I hear your example, Vimal, about the uh, Airbnb model and stuff like that. And I think that there is a big difference between living in somebody's house or driving in a car with a stranger versus wearing somebody else's clothes. If this is a marketing ploy, then this is a disaster of a marketing ploy. You know, I like the whole concept of recycling, secondhand, etc. So I have absolutely really? no objection. You would go on vacation and you're going to go on vacation to Japan <laughs> and you're going to wear somebody else's clothes while you're there. <laughs> well, 
you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to, you know, wonder about if the logistics of this. Yes, I'm going to make you a bet. If this yes, is available, I mean, if this is available, Ash, I am going to do it just to tell you how it was. You just stole my line, Rian. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to do it, try it out. Right? Exactly. Like, you, you guys will do it once for the gimmick of it all, but you'll never do it again. So I would do it to try it out, to experience it for myself, but not because of anything, but because the devil is always in details. We can simplify and perhaps oversimplify everything into would you wear somebody else's clothes, question mark. But the truth of it may be much further down the road than what we are imagining at the moment. So there's everything from whose clothes are they, what sizes, how do they get to you, how do they get recycled, yada. There's a million questions that need to be answered, and there's probably going to be a lot more failure than success in the next, I don't know, six months, one year, if this continues. I'm pretty sure that somebody's going to find a way to make things work. I'll tell you what else excites me the most, the potential that they're going to rent me these funky sort of Japanese clothes, right? Those nice uh, trousers and weird stuff to wear, which I wouldn't necessarily buy, but I'd have to try it. So why not for my trip to Japan? Gosh, I'm definitely going to do it. So there we go. Ty, thank you for joining us. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, Ty, uh, a leader, strategic yeah, business development at Pico. I just wanted to say, I, I think I agree with Vimal. I think um, I think there's a curiosity here. And obviously, I think the, the devil is very much in the details. People travel for experiences also. And it depends on how well this is put together. I think the selection of the calls could be very much like people rent clothes for events. And I think whoever is going to do this, you're going to give allowance to little details like, okay, maybe it eventually doesn't fit exactly to my body type, but I kind of knew there was a, a leeway, give a little bit leeway or a chance that that might be the case you know and you go with the idea of like i have this look i'm going for this experience now i don't know that that's the extent to which japan is doing this but i, I think there's a curiosity oh, um, it's, it's insane and, uh, how much conversation this is generating i see kate's also joining us so taylor just give her a second kate what are your thoughts i actually own as a side business a vintage clothing assignment shop and to that end i can tell you there's going to be a segment of people who will just shy away from this and think it is the most abhorrent thing Personally, when I have a trip coming, I have a trip coming up in August for my 50th birthday. I bought a dress for last fall. So when I say I plan my outfits in advance, I'm not even kidding. But I'm an exception. I think that there is a segment that is going to go for this. I think there's a segment that will never go for this. And I think there's an opportunity for companies like Stitch Fix, Wantable, you know, other clothing subscription companies where they could kind of do this in a way that makes sense for people who are into fashion and kind of bridge the gap. Because I think if they partnered with somebody like Wantable or Stitch Fix, you could pick your clothes online, have them shipped to your house, try on what you want, select the outfits you want, and send them forward to the new location. Because ultimately, they're going to need a clearinghouse for clothing, someone who already knows how to do the distribution, do the recycling, the textile recycling, dry cleaning, all of that. But yeah, I would never do it. I think it's abhorrent, but I think that there is a an opportunity in the marketplace for it. Okay, two comments I'm going to make about this one. One is, I would rather have my airline worry about flying me there than to decide on my medium-large <laughs> or what color clothing. I don't want them in that business. Second thing is what happens when your clothes don't show up? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I try quickly and stump you guys with a quick uh, game show question. I'm going to read you four requirements that you need to make to sit in the exit seats. Uh, And Anne will keep still on stage. And one of them is false. So here we go. To sit in the exit seat, you need to be 16 years or older. Number two, you need to be able-bodied. Number three, you need to be willing and able to assist in the case of an emergency. And number four, you need to be able to swim. Which of those are not true? The last one. Uh, Yeah, I'll go for the last one. Oh, you all win. There we go. It's not a very... (laughs) 
not a very good game show this week, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was too easy. That was too easy. Anyway, guys, that was it for the week. So thank you very much, Rimal and all the others, Ty and Jonathan. Thank you for joining us on stage as well as Kate. And for those in the audience giving us your time, thank you very much for this. To my side, I just want to say thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you all for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everybody that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, this session is available as a podcast on businesstravel360.com. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. 